Welcome to episode 89 of the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. In December 2006, I visited India, which I discussed in episode 66 to 68. And on my way back, as I couldn't get a flight on to Tokyo, I ended up uh, with a day to kill in Bangkok. And so I decided to apply for a visa and left the airport to explore the city for a while. If you listen to episodes 66 to 68, you'll possibly remember that I had gotten almost no sleep on the night before I visited the Taj Mahal. Uh, and that night uh, I'd flown from Delhi to Thailand. Uh, which only takes uh, around four or five hours so needless to say I hadn't had a whole lot of sleep again and it had also um, you know followed this this had all followed a very heavy business week so to be honest I was really tempted to just throw in the towel and you know hang around the airport and I was flying uh, business class so being able to use the business lounges as well this was a very comfortable option However, I'm a strong believer that um, you know, I would rather go ahead and do things and regret doing them than living with the regret of not doing them and you know, what, what I might have actually gained personally or photographically from uh, having gone ahead and done it. So anyway, I'm, I mentioned in episode 68 that I would probably talk about this day at some point and as I finally got around to sorting through the shots from that day over last weekend, uh, I figured that now is probably a good time to talk about that part of the journey. Once I got through the immigration process, I decided that the easiest way for me to see some sites of Bangkok in one day was to hire a guide. I approached a counter in the lobby of the airport and asked if they have a simple tour of the sites. And at this point, it was uh, probably 7.30, 8am in the morning. I can't quite remember. It was half a year ago. Uh, but the, the flight onto Tokyo wouldn't leave until after 10pm. Uh, that night, so I literally had a full day, if I could stay awake, that is. With that in mind, I negotiated for a full day with the guide uh, called Nancy, and the strange thing here is that, uh, you know, I I didn't actually pick this person. The guy behind the counter just sort of said, this, will, this person will be your guide, and explained to me that the driver would take me across town, a driver would take me across town, and then hooked me up with another driver and Nancy. And he kept calling this uh, this person he or him. And that was starting to get me a little bit worried. I asked why. And the guy at the tour, the tour guy desking laughed and said that Nancy was a, a lady boy. And I recalled that I'd seen a Japanese comedy show here in Japan with a, a famous comedian called Okamura who went to Thailand doing uh, these sort of adventurous things, like trying to catch the biggest fish in a certain river and stuff like that. And uh, most of the time he was there, he was accompanied by three of what they were calling ladyboys. And this is, is basically, uh, you know, they were like cross-dressing guys. Um, and, you know, one of the, the things on the show, the, you know, the guys on the show, they were all 
uh, pretty bubbly and funny and sort of you know acting up and playing around. So I just thought it would be uh, maybe a little bit uh, fun. I was still very apprehensive, uh, but I, th- I figured I'd go with it uh, just for now and see what happened. And after about 30 minutes of driving across town, we pulled into a hotel and a new driver and a tiny little lady came out walking uh, down from the lobby and introducing them themselves to us. And she called herself Nancy, and I realized that this was the lady boy. And I'm not going to go uh, get sort of all hung up on this. Uh, I'm not the sort of person that uh, discriminates against people for any part of their appearance, sort of race or actions or you know, whatever. And basically, apart from noticing, um, or I think noticing a prominent Adam's apple there jumping up and down on the throat a few times during the day, I couldn't tell that this guide was a guy. So I, uh, you know, basically, I just sort of went along, went along with it and decided to just put the rest uh, to the back of my mind. And having really no understanding of Thailand and Bangkok at all, I basically asked to be taken to some famous or notable temples. I remembered when I first got to Japan, and still now in Japan even, to some extent, when I go to areas that I don't know, temples and shrines seem to be a good place to start, and, uh, you know, especially in Asia. And, you know, just basically that helps to get the feel of the culture of the place, I think. We travelled around a few places for the first few hours, including a place called Wat Po, uh, with the uh, huge reclining Buddha that you know some of you may have seen pictures of. And I got some decent shots of this, but on looking back through them over the weekend, none of this first batch really struck a chord uh, to the point that I wanted to upload them to my website or to share them with you today. Uh, after the first few temples, we decided to go for a boat ride before getting something for lunch and after shaking off the pushy hat salesman at the pier I boarded a long sort of narrow boat and spent around 90 minutes shooting from the vessel while we moved up and down what I think is called the Chow Praia River and the well one particular smaller river that flows into it. The first shot from this part of the day is image number 1455 in which we can see the nicely labelled Tomburi locomotive water tower. Apart from the Thai characters, this is not a particularly typical Thailand shot, but having tried this in black and white, converting it in Lightroom, I quite like the look that I got. I pushed a few of the sliders, especially the blue one, uh, to the point where it introduced a lot of grain in the sky, having darkened it. And and this did not affect um, the water tower itself. And, you know, so that remains quite crisp and in good contrast with the sky. And the tree uh, in the building in the foreground, and, you know, the tree in the building in the foreground uh, helped to ground the shot with another building to the back right there, helping to sort of keep the bottom balanced. Uh, I shot this uh, with my trusty 70-200mm f2.8 lens and the technical things that I was paying attention to were uh, keeping a high enough shutter speed to freeze the scene as I was shooting from an often speeding boat. I had raised the ISO to 200 to get a shutter speed of 1/800th of a second at f5.6. Although I shot this at 98mm, I actually had the one4 times extender attached to the lens so I was zoomed out as far as possible for this combination. I needed the extra zoom for uh, the zoom of the ex, you know, 
the extender, the 1.4 times extender for some shots, and I find myself myself pretty much leaving it on for the largest part of the uh, boat ride. This was partly because of the time necessary to change the, you know, to take the extender off, and also because there was spray, um, you know, coming up from the front of the the boat, and I wanted to keep the risk of getting my camera uh, or the the back element of my lens or the extender itself uh, sort of covered in spray to the minimum. Of course, the other thing to note uh, when shooting from a boat is that it's you know as as they rock um, generally, uh, it's sometimes difficult to get a nice straight shot unless you sort of try to counter the rocking. Um, but you know, I actually ended up I got this pretty straight, but I had to rotate it slightly in post processing. And you know, but apart from that, and you know, a slight rotation and the crop that comes with it, this is pretty much as composed while um, shooting from the boat. After spending some time on the river, uh, the main river, uh, we headed down a smaller river flowing into it, and this gave more opportunity to shoot some real culture of Bangkok, including some of the people that uh, paddle up and down the river in in small boats selling groceries that, uh, to people that live along it, uh, the river that is. Unfortunately, uh, the sun was almost directly above at this time, and as all of these people were wearing hats, and the sun was quite strong, uh, there was very harsh shadows cast across their faces, really sort of making the shots uninteresting, or you know, just you just couldn't see the face enough uh, to make it a very useful shot at all, or or very like I say, interesting. So again, uh, I didn't bother to select any of those or upload them. A little bit. Um, you know, annoying or or whatever, but it you know it's one of those things. I couldn't really choose the time to be here. So one shot that uh, benefited from the bright light of the midday sun, though, was image number one four five six. Here we can see someone's brightly coloured washing hanging out there, drying on a clothesline outside one of the many houses that line the river. I've actually cropped this slightly, uh, removing some of the roof and the right-hand side of the building, which I was uh, finding a little bit cluttered. I've left enough of the house to enable us to see what's, what, what it is, and uh, basically, though, without showing too much, and allow us to focus on the brightly coloured washing and its reflection in the water. I was still using my 70 to 200 with the 1.4 times extender, so I could have... Uh, cropped in closer in camera but this decision was one of those that was really made in hindsight on looking at the image over the weekend of course it's always best to get things right in camera especially when pixels are at stake but sometimes it just doesn't work out that way and I think I'd prefer to crop an image uh, after the event as I've mentioned in previous podcasts uh, to make an effective image rather than keep unwanted areas just for the sake of it Again, at ISO 200, this was shot at f8 for one five hundredth of a second. After the boat ride, we went to lunch at a restaurant at the side of the river and enjoyed some nice seafood with a kind of soup and some rice and a bottle of Coke, if I remember correctly. And then, uh, after that, a little refreshed, but still pretty beaten up from the lack of uh, enough sleep for the last two nights, or last so many nights, but we headed for a place called Wat Benchamabofit, another temple, and we actually spent quite a lot of time in a carpeted room with a beautiful golden Buddha statue, 
just sort of sitting and reflecting and occasionally getting up and taking shots in the room. I shot the the Buddha a few times and then got a shot uh, which is uh, number 1457 in which we can see the stained glass window to the right of the Buddha. There was actually some furniture or something directly opposite the window so uh, I'm not right you know looking directly on it at it from the front i'm not looking at it straight on uh, but i quite like the the way the dark interior of the the wall in the room had been sort of rendered totally black surrounding the brightly colored window um so the the shot appeals me to, appeals to me to some extent um so again i was shooting at iso 200 for 125th of a second um, at f5.6 and I'd now removed the 1.4 extender by the way there's nothing really difficult about the shot uh, you know this sort of thing's very easy sort of t shot to do um, but I I did want to mention and this is really the re the other reason that I've included it and um, that when shooting stained glass windows like this um, you know on a bright sunny day remember that the exposure is going to be um, much more than a normal shot of the interior of the room obviously you know it's it's an obvious thing i'm i'm basically just pointing out the obvious but um because you're shooting pretty much out of a window um although you're you're you know focusing on that window you you're basically using external light to some extent because it's coming through the colored glass so uh if the window was much smaller than this um you know you'd start to get other problems like your uh, exposure meter, you know, your camera's meter would start to get fooled and it would almost certainly blow out all of the details in the window. Uh, so it's best to get control of exposure either by going manual or using exposure compensation and checking your histogram if you're shooting digital and that will sort of help to get things right. If you check the EXIF data along with this image in my online gallery at martinbaileyphotography.com you'll see that I was uh, using aperture priority mode and exposure compensating to the tune of uh, plus one stop for this particular shot. Having shot the window, I went back and sat down on the nice comfortable carpet in front of the Buddha that we can see in image number 1458. This, I think, is a particularly beautiful gold statue and I love the blue background uh, there, the backlit background that the guardians of this statue have put in place. The lights hitting the wall almost make a halo for the statue, which I'm sure is the desired effect, but it really helps to make this uh, image come to life, in my opinion. As I'm back uh, in the room and away from the window, I was shooting at ISO 200 at f5.6 uh, still, but with a shutter speed of just one-sixth of a second now. Pretty slow, but I was uh, helped by the image stabilization of the lens and also resting my elbows on my knees as I sat cross-legged in front of the statue. I was still um, in aperture priority mode and compensating by minus two-thirds of a stop now to keep the exposure a little dimmer than the camera would have wanted uh, just to make it sure, you know, make sure that I reflected the um, actual conditions that um, that I was in indoors in relatively subdued light. Again, I did just a little rotation of this shot as I wasn't uh, quite quite straight when I shot it. Um, to do this, 
I know this is another obvious tip, but might not be obvious to, to some of you. Uh, but basically to do this, I use the ruler tool um, in the develop module in Lightroom. It's sim very similar to what you can do in Photoshop as well. Basically, you, you, grab, you grab the tool um, and then draw a line. Here I drew, drew a line through the center of the Buddha's nose, up the center of that decorative halo um, above, the, above the head. And then when you let go, Lightroom will rotate the image uh, to make that line that you've just drew a true vertical. In the grounds of the Wat Ben Chamabofit, there is a, a collection of literally hundreds of Buddha statues that apparently have been sort of rescued, quote unquote, from around Thailand. As I wandered through a door, I was conf confronted with the scene that we can see in image number 1459 and I realized immediately that I was going to shoot my favorite image from the trip. Of course I didn't know if anything else was coming up but I could tell that this was going to be uh, very special to me. Shot at 1 100th of a second with the aperture wide open at f2.8 with ISO 200 I captured this scene exactly how I wanted it. The light was beautiful and soft and to keep to keep it that way I actually reduced the exposure with exposure compensation by one and one third of a stop. I wanted those dark bronze colours to stay dark and the shadow area at the back of the corridor would have fooled my camera to try to brighten things up and that would have just totally ruined the mood of this image. Note that this image was captured just five minutes after the last one of the Golden Buddha so I was mentally quite relaxed and after just sort of sitting and looking at the Buddha shooting it from time to time I was probably sort of very ready to and just to just be open to this scene uh, which may or may not have uh, helped me you know the the actual sort of sitting and relaxing for a while may or may not have helped me but you know basically this scene just sort of presented itself to me. I purposefully placed the statue in uh, in focus towards the bottom of the frame uh, with its gaze um, definitely heading downwards in a kind of contemplative uh, stare. That That's what I really wanted to emphasize by allowing, allowing the line of sight to run out the shot either along the bottom or towards the bottom right corner. I'm not sure if this is how you'll perceive it, but this was my intention. From shortly after this though, I was really starting to flag, so I, uh, I, I was not all that happy when the guide started to do the same thing that the guide in Agra, where the Taj Mahal had done the previous day. She, or he, uh, started to take me to uh, jewellery shops, and I didn't ask to go and didn't intend to buy anything uh, but out of politeness I had a look around the first one and and then sort of made my exit and refused to be taken to another um, I mentioned in the last in the I think it was episode 68 the last podcast of the series on India might have been one of the three from 68 to, to 60 from 66 to 68 I mentioned that um, we'd sort of been dragged around some souvenir stores and things and there was a pretty hard sell um, there wasn't the same hard sell here, but uh, after, you know, still, if I'm not interested in buying something, I don't really want to go 
uh, window shopping in uh, places like this where I, I either want to be getting some sleep in the business uh, lounge at the airport or doing what I, I like to do, which is take photographs. So basically, um, after I'd uh, said I didn't want to go to any more, she asked if uh, we wanted to go to some, uh, what is it, souvenir shops. And I was more open to that than jewellery, so I decided, decided to take a look, um, maybe at just one. And I I went in, very nice, there was a you know big, um, wide space in the shop, you know, lots of nice stuff. Um, the guy was trying to sell me a table and loads of furniture and chairs and things, which I don't think I could have gotten in in my hand luggage. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I always like to take some kind of momentum back from different uh, countries that I visit. And as this was the first time I'd been to uh, Bangkok, to Thailand, and actually left the airport, I thought it would be nice to take something back. And I got an, a nice carved wooden elephant, which now takes uh, pride of place in front of my TV at home. And was um, you know, that was it. I didn't buy anything else. When I got back into the car, um, I, I don't know, probably it was getting on to three o'clock now. Um, and I was starting to feel um, a little bit off. You know, I was asked if I wanted to visit a zoo or a few other places. And at, at this point, um, I really just thought it was fatigue, but I was really starting to feel quite off. Um, and I just said, you know, I felt like I'd got no energy left. So I decided to call it a day and head for the airport. And having said that, uh, I, you know, trying to be polite, just saying that I was just tired and not feeling sort of ill in any way. Um, I, you know, Nancy offered to take me for a massage, but obviously, um, I, or however open-minded I am, I decided that that was not such a good idea. Uh, so I just said to go to the airport and it was probably around 4 PM when I got there. And by now I started to feel well and truly poorly. I checked in and made my way to the business lounge and sat and had a glass of juice and a bite to eat. Um, but this backfired on me, and an hour or so later, I was starting to feel worse. And, uh, you know, not a very nice thing to talk about, but basically, with it before very long, I was shouting down the big porcelain telephone. And um, I, I think that, uh, you know, maybe after that, I felt like I'd maybe okay for a while. I plucked up the strength to go and get a shower, as I'd not had one since leaving the hotel in Agra uh, the morning that I was shooting the Taj Mahal. And, you know, I, uh, I was basically thinking that this might um, have been, the, you know, the fact that I was all groggy might have been the, uh, the, the, the root of me feeling off, plus the fatigue. Uh, so there was enough, an, an initial um, sort of glimmer of hope there, as when I got out of the shower, I felt okay, a little bit better for a while. Uh, but then I ended up sort of throwing up again, so... Uh, this confirmed the, f the fact now that I'd probably eaten something that didn't agree with me. There were two possibilities. The first was the lunch. I'd only eaten one meal in Thailand, and it was the lunch by the river. I kept sort of recalling the taste of coriander, which I'm not all that keen on anyway. So I think that this might have been it. You know, the not the coriander, but the you know the the lunch the lunch that we had by the river. The other possibility is that I'd got a face full of river water while feeding some catfish at a temple that we visited while, visited while on the boat. Some of the water had gotten in my mouth, so I can't rule this out as a possibility. Either way, I was well and truly sort of sick now. I staggered onto the plane after 10, uh, maybe 11pm, 
and I asked for just a few glasses of water and you know, I wanted to keep myself from dehydrating. Uh, but apart from that, I couldn't stomach any food. I was in for yet another night's sleep on a plane and refused all the food that came my way, including the breakfast the following morning. And when I got back to Tokyo, I'd stopped throwing up by then, um, but I was really sort of quite a wreck by the time I, uh, I got there and I just wanted to get home. Um, if ever you've flown into, into Japan, you'll probably know that what they call the Tokyo uh, International Airport is in a dif- different prefecture or a different state to Tokyo. Uh, it's, it's one of the things that most people find pretty annoying about flying into Japan. Uh, but it's, it's a good hour and a half uh, train, fast train drive, high-speed train drive into or ride into Tokyo and then another sort of connection and that to get where you normally want to go. But it still takes a good couple of hours to get home from the airport, even though it's it's supposedly the Tokyo airport. Uh, anyway, after I got back, I did the most important thing, which was to copy all of my photos to my PC, and then I crashed for about 12 hours solid. Fortunately, uh, apart from feeling a little bit off for the next few days, I seemed to be fine, uh, so I didn't go to the doctors or anything. Maybe I should have, but I really uh, think that it was just some sort of a mild food poisoning. Apart from that, though, I really did enjoy seeing a bit of Bangkok. I've always wanted to visit Thailand, and the the problem is now that now now that I have, to be honest, I'm not sure that I want to go back, um, at least not with the priority that I used to have. I used to... Um, yeah, well, basically, part of it comes from the fact that I've flown to India via Thailand a number of times, and I just love the sound of the Thai language. And as a country with an amazing culture, it had really sort of appealed to me to visit a, a, for a more lengthy uh, sort of holiday. And it was in the top five of the places I wanted to visit. Now, I'd say that it's fallen off that top five, um, but. You know, still, I'd like to spend a little bit more time here at some point. So, I hope you've enjoyed, though, uh, joining me for just a few hours that I, you know, half a day or so that I did spend in Bangkok. So thanks for listening today. Remember too that the uh, low perspective assignment is still in progress but just a little bit more time left. You'll have just under one week now until the end of June 10th, 2007 to get your submissions in. The assignment gallery at mbpgalleries.com is now looking pretty good with some great shots already. Uh, But if you have your entry ready or are still shooting, please do try to get it uploaded by the end of the week. And on Monday the 11th, I'll be turning on the voting system and you'll be able to vote for your favourite image for a further two weeks until the end of Sunday, June the 24th. The prize for the winner is an original print of the photo of your choice on the paper and the size of your choice from my main website at martinbaileyphotography.com. Also remember that the votes will be accumulated for a new yearly grand prize uh, that will be awarded in the middle of 2008. Going back to the members gallery by the way, note that although we use this, I mainly talk about this as the 
assignment uh, upload gallery and for voting and stuff. This is also a very active members gallery where many of the listeners are uploading shots daily and comparing notes and critiques. So if you're interested in taking part, do uh, sort of drop by mbpgalleries.com and take a look. There's a very high standard of photography being discussed daily by some incredibly talented photographers and also from some beginners who are very, very eager to learn from the experience, making it an all-round pretty cool place to hang out if you're into photography. So if you decide to sign up, please do use the same username and email address that you use for the main MVP site uh, to make it easier for me when I uh, do finally get around to linking them at some point. And with that, I just wanted to say once again, thanks for listening and have a great week, whatever you're doing. Bye-bye. photocastnetwork.com your photography resource in the potosphere photocastnetwork.com